0: Thank you.
1: fiber side quest my friends corrigan here for my very first foray into our lateral adventure series and today i'm joined by my good friend john latour to discuss a game that has become my absolute obsession death store hello and i'm not gonna waste any time here no, uh, please. doing one of one a big old intro Let, let's just side quest john Hi. Thank you so much for joining me in this. Uh, a thing I know about you is that you don't love talking.
0: I don't. So what am I doing here?
1: Uh, you are just a very good friend to, oh, gee. <laughs> to join me in this, Shucks. despite your aversion. Um, and tell me, John, a, a little a little about your relationship to games in general. What's your gaming history? Where do you come from on this?
0: My gaming history goes back away because I'm an old... So, <laughs> actually, the first video game console I ever owned was an Atari 2600, which I got oh, yes. after surgery when I was a little kid. Aww. And from there, it's kind of been nonstop, I guess is the word. Sure. Like, I've gone from console gaming to PC gaming and back. Right now, I'm kind of stuck between the two, but yeah, it's been decades.
1: A lifelong love affair with gaming. Yeah. It's a great origin story, too, to be, you know, recovering with your Atari as a child. <laughs> it's, like, very much like a movie setup, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing cures you faster than a, than combat.
1: <laughs> That's what I always say, as the adage goes.
0: Driving some tanks around, yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So you got into, you know, gaming from a very early age. Do you have a type of game that you really like or types of game that grab you?
0: For the most part, like... When probably my favorite game of all time is Doom.
1: Yeah, classic.
0: And every first-person shooter that came out after it, I've had some time with, at least. Like, Right. For the past year and a half, all I've been playing is Destiny 2. Okay. Which is why when you started streaming this game, I'm like, you know what? I, I need to do something... <laughs> <laughs> down the adventure vein for a bit. And you look like you're having a blast. It looked like a great game. I'm like, this is the perfect chance for me to switch up a little bit. I'm
1: glad that you interpreted that as having a blast because easily with the way that I was playing it at first, it could have looked like the most frustrating thing on the planet because I am notoriously bad at finding my way around games. So there's a lot of wandering and me saying <laughs>
0: Well, that's a lot of this game too. Not yeah. to get ahead of ourselves, but sure. this game kind of brings you to a point and then lets you coast for a while. Yeah. And if you're not ready for that, I can see it getting a little bit frustrating. But no, you were doing great. Like there was a <laughs> the first stream you did you did a whole bunch of stuff, and I'm like, oh, this game's on Xbox Game Pass. I'm going to catch up with her. Yeah. And then I caught up with you. I'm like, that was... Okay, I, because I already saw you do it. That was right. easy for me. So I'm just going to keep going a little bit. And again, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but there's a puzzle to get into the garden in front of the witch's place, and you have to figure out a mechanic in order right. to open the door. And it took me... Just about as long as it took you. And I was, I'm like, I'm not typing it in the chat. I'm not letting her have it. I'm going to let her do this by herself. Because I I, I don't like backseating. Right. I don't really, like, I don't go out of my way to read a guide if I don't Mm -hmm. have to. Like, so, and then after that stream, I think you went light speed, (laughs) a thousand miles ahead of me. And I almost, I I did not catch up.
1: Right. Let's put it
0: that way I did not catch up.
1: I, I had a lot of time on my hands because it was I was sick and so I wasn't doing anything else and thus I just like then went through it where people who would be sitting at work all day couldn't just sit and play this game. But I spent a week just like on my face in bed and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to play through this game. Uh, but it does it does make me feel a little better <laughs> that I'm not the slowest human on the planet because this is... You said you don't use guides and stuff. I'm absolutely... If I get super stuck, I will use a guide for things. Oh, sure. Uh, But I always look up whenever I play a game how long it's supposed to take. And it's always... Like, this one said, like, one of the articles when I Googled this was the perfect nine-hour game. And (laughs) I think when I'd Googled it, I was at, like, hour 12 or 13 and, like, at, like, 18% completion or something. And I was like, oh, no. No.
0: Yeah, the the listeners can't see my face, but I was nowhere near nine hours. I, the right? timer in this How? game wraps around when you hit a day. Yes. So, I, yeah. <laughs> if you look at my timer now, it looks like I did great, but at yeah. a day.
1: <laughs> that was, you know, I had finished it and... I was like, oh, here's my, you know, completion time. And you were like, wow, great speed, too. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. oh, you haven't hit the point where the timer resets, yes. have you? That's how that that works, which is hilarious to me. Um, so, yeah, this game took me a while, but I'm glad it did because I loved it so much. I honestly, as I was looking up stuff for it today, I was like, I could go play it again. So <laughs> anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But that is delightful to to just sort of know that's your your thing the first person shooter is the is your area the thing you're most comfortable with just not me at all by the way when i used to play doom i love the because i love doom as well when i used to play it as a kid i would um like, use all of the codes, you know? I still remember them because I use them all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I need to be able to walk through walls, I need to be in god mode, I need to, like, have all the weapons, because otherwise, I just was not.
0: Yeah, and they're not getting any simpler, either. Like, Doom is start a spot, find keys to get to end point, repeat. Mm -hmm. I'm playing Destiny 2 every weekend for the last year and a half, at least, And it's all about upgrading weapons and armor and making sure you have the right loadout for the thing you're about to do. And this, that, and the other thing. And, oh, you didn't have that. Like, you can't beat that champion unless you're wearing that armor mod and all this stuff. Like, it's not an easy game to get into. It's also not a cheap game.
1: Um, (laughs) Is there, like, more stuff you have to pay for? Or is it just you mean it's, like, expensive out of the
0: box? It's got seasonal passes kind of things, and every year they come out with um, an expansion, which is basically the price of a full game. Right. So, yeah.
1: I was wondering how you could play a game for a year and a half. Like, I'm slow at games, but (laughs) that seems like a long time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you do the same thing over and over again. Like, the reason I play it every week is on Saturday nights, my friends and I, we do raids, and raids are six-person activities. So you, you get six people together, and you go do, like... Especially the new raid that comes out, it's got a lot of complicated mechanics and things you have to remember, and things you have to do in a certain order in order to progress, which is really fun. And it's also fun when you mess it up because you get sure. to blame people and all that kind of <laughs> thing. So, and the latest raid that came out, we've been doing a quote-unquote blind run. Like we wanted to figure out all the puzzles ourselves. We wanted to figure like we didn't look at guides, we didn't look at wow. streams, we didn't look at videos. And there's a lot of like intentionally cryptic stuff in it Uh so we literally it came out maybe two months ago we literally beat it last weekend for the first time
1: wow that's wild that is so wild but I feel like that's also kind of gaming at its finest right there is like just the fact that okay weekly this game is tough enough but engaging enough that weekly you and your friends get together and do this, which I'm sure also over the course of the pandemic must've been like an absolute like anchor. Yes, activity absolutely. Well. Yeah. <laughs> some way to engage with people outside of your home while inside of your home.
0: Yes, very much so.
1: I really love that as a thing. Um, I don't think I will ever manage a first person shooter. Yeah, although <laughs> it's,
0: it's one of those kind of, um, if you're, I'm not really an RPG guy, but I played World of Warcraft up to level 60. Just to (laughs) say I did it, right? That kind of thing. (laughs) Like, if you wanted to do a first-person shooter, I don't think Destiny would be the way to do it. Because even to play in the thing that we did, you have to grind all these levels and get to the place where we were and have all these mods and stuff like that. So (laughs) there are definitely easier entry points than the one I am (laughs) referring to right now, Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's It's funny you bring up WoW because I hadn't thought about that in a long time, but <laughs> a story I don't think I've ever actually told on the podcast um, is that when my husband and I started dating, apparently he'd been playing a ton of WoW, like straight up like he was, you know, I mean, not that it's like an achievement, but, you know, part of a guild that he was like very much a central figure in. He'd been playing all this time, tons and tons of time every week, and he was worried <laughs> That a girlfriend would not accept this. So he quit cold turkey when we wow. started dating and did not mention it until I, I feel like I'm not even sure. I, we might have been married at the time. And I said something about wow or whatever. And he realized that I wouldn't have cared. And so we started playing again. And I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, you have all these wow. like, friends and all this stuff in this game. Uh, but he, you know, that was kind of, especially because this is, you know, 13 years ago or whatever. The stigma around gamers. That's true. Was so strong at that point that it was like, man, if I want to have a girlfriend, I'm going to have to
0: <laughs> cut yeah, this he, shit out. He checked the bylaws of his guild right. and was like, oh, wait, I don't think oh, I no. can technically do both. <laughs>
1: Right? I just, I thought that was incredible. He's the kind of guy who he'll have these reveals every now and again that I'm just like, what? Okay. <laughs> Keeping it fresh, buddy. But yes, uh, thank you for reminding me of that. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a while. But let's get into Death's Door. Okay. Um, and, and then let's just out the gate. This is a thing that I fight on our normal episodes to do and no one will ever let me do. Just explain what the game is first and foremost. (laughs) So Death's Door uh, is a 3D action adventure game that isn't exactly a Souls-like, but takes a lot of the sort of inspiration from Souls-like games. So it gets kind of compared as like a doable Souls-like game um, a lot. And you play a crow that works for a bureaucratic entity called the Reaping Commission, Uh, Whose job it is to go out into the world and gather souls to take to the afterlife. That's a basic idea, right? Yep. Yeah. And uh, out the gate, first thing when you you get into this game, um, you know, you're dropped off at a bus stop for work. And you walk up into this office where there are all these other crows working at desks and you're assigned to go get a... What what is it called? It's like a giant soul. Or giant soul, like that. yes. Yeah, a giant soul. You're supposed to go and bring back a giant soul, and so you go through a door, and start your adventure from there. Thought about summing up.
0: That is it.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the story of Death's Door, but of course, it becomes a whole lot more over the course of this game, and we will talk about that as we get into gameplay and all of that. But first of all. If you'll permit me, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the people who made this game. Please. All right. Well, this game was developed by an indie game studio called Acid Acid Nerve and published by Devolver Media. And Acid Nerve is from Manchester. They're uh, delightful little British fellas. And it's made up of two guys named Mark Foster and David Fenn. And what they'd initially done was just like a bunch of games jams games. Um, and one of them caught the attention of Devolver Media. And it's actually a very cute story uh, because <laughs> Devolver literally tweeted at them and was like, hey, like, we like your game. Do you want to chat? And they did. And Devolver was like, send us a pitch. So they pitched the game that became Titan Souls, which was like their first big game. Have you played that?
0: I have not played it, but I did watch um, like a YouTube playthrough
1: Oh, nice. Okay.
0: Yeah. It doesn't... Um, it's very boss-focused. It doesn't uh-huh. have a lot of... like. It's You go from boss to boss to boss to boss, and you, okay. there's one way to kill the boss, and you have one arrow to shoot. Right. And if you don't hit it with that arrow, you gotta go pick it up.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. And
0: if you get hit once you die, if the boss gets hit in the right spot, it dies.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. That so you can see the difficult. seeds of this game. In yes. It, but <laughs> it's definitely not the same kind of vibe overall. Right,
1: totally. And they kind of talked about like that game being very much what you conceive of as an indie game. You know, it's a 2D game. There's not a ton to it. Like you're saying, the mechanics are very simple and it's difficult. Yes. (laughs) Uh, But like you said, also it plants the seeds of this game. And in fact, if you have played both games, which I have not, um, but you will see that they end up being actually connected to one another in story and characters. Oh. So that's kind of interesting, yeah. But they pitched Titan Souls to Devolver and they were like, cool. Um so do you want to find funding yourself or do you want to ask us for money? <laughs> and they were like, oh uh is that an option. <laughs> and they talked about it and they were like, yeah, we should ask that. We'll we'll ask you for money. So they're like, great, give us a number. And then they had to go back and be like hmm. so what number do we give these people? Uh, And they came up with one and Devolver was like, great, we're on board. And they spent the next three years creating Death's Door. And the two of them cover everything but art. So Mark Foster actually does some of the art on the game, but largely they like to collaborate with other artists. So they spent a ton of time going through all these different portfolios and things like that and trying to find someone whose you know, aesthetic matched theirs or, or just kind of like what... They had imagined and they talked about kind of the feeling that they wanted the art to evoke being very important in the process. And so they found people who could, you know, do this for them and ended up with two part-time concept artists on it and one full-time modeler for the main portion of development. And other than that, it's pretty much the two of them who made this game. They had a bit of um, like story and script editing and UI design help. At like various points throughout that three years, but for the most part, it was it was just the two of them. So I think that that is fascinating. This does not strike me as a game that looks like two dudes made it.
0: Absolutely not. <laughs> and they found the right people when they did the art.
1: It really did. Hey, I
0: mean, the animations, all of it.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, I think that is what drew me to the game initially, which is often what happens with games like i'm notorious for just scrolling through before on my switch now on the ps5 just scrolling through the store and looking for something that like visually appeals to me yes that absolutely grabbed me right out the gate i was scrolling through and i saw that game and i was like "Hmm, interesting (laughs) and it's hard to like i don't know do you have a how would you describe the art in this game it's
0: it's charming
1: it's charming.
0: Yeah. It's totally the, it. The first thing you see, well, you got off of that bus, and the first thing you see is a tiny crow with a sword on his back. <laughs> a light a glowing, glowing red sword. sword. Yeah. Yes, a lightsaber. And then he walks into an office with other crows typing on typewriters, <laughs> which that and the animation of birds typing and the animation of Birds climbing ladders. I can't decide which one I'm more in love with. <laughs> right. It's charming all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, even the, some of the enemies, which I did not like, I did not <laughs> mind looking at them as they cheated. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: as they pounced from you oh know sixty degrees behind themselves <laughs> into me. They, I, like, oh, was, at least it was nice to look at. As
1: it's it, a cool looking little beastie. I'll give it that. Yeah. I had that thought a lot where there's like, I'm like there's a difference between, and we'll get into this in just a minute. We'll talk about gameplay, but there is a difference between an enemy. Like I, I like and hate an enemy at the same time. I hate the enemy because playing it is really hard, mm-hmm. but I also kind of like seeing it because it's like, oh, I like the way you
0: look, you
1: know, they're, <laughs> Two different, like, things in my head. And they're uh, all over
0: this one, yeah. <laughs> yes,
1: very much so. So everything in this, I think, yeah, charming is an absolutely perfect word for this game. And it maintains this look throughout that is very fantasy, you know, but also with, you can see the influences in it of stuff like um, like Miyazaki, for example. You know, when you get to the grandma boss in it or and you see start seeing her she absolutely looks like something out of a miyazaki film and you can see all these kinds of like gothicy kind of looks to it very fantasy kind of looks and yet there's a brightness to it it's not a yes. dark game uh which it could very easily be
0: very easily
1: <laughs> but um it is it is a bright game it's a colorful game um with dark themes but handled in this very light-hearted way that. I think comes to the art, it comes to the script. All of it. Yes. Let's talk about how game boys. Let's talk about how the, the right about now. Let's talk about playing it. What do you what do you say?
0: Playing it like I, I was getting to earlier. Playing it there's a lot of parts where you know exactly what you're supposed to be doing like you're you're told very early on you have to do x y and z again i don't know how quote-unquote spoilery we're gonna yeah let's say from
1: this point forward spoiler cast
0: okay because again when it comes to game spoilers or story and then if i tell you about a boss you still have to go do it
1: right Um, and there is no way telling anyone about a boss in this is going to make it any easier for them to play it not it's at all. That's just not how this works.
0: So they tell you that you need to kill, what is it? Um, a witch, a king, mm-hmm. and a beast. And that's really all you have to go on They're saying, oh, yeah, the witches to the west. And that's it. Good luck. <laughs> and yeah. you find where you're supposed to go, killing things along the way. And then you hit the halfway point for each of these things, which is a treasure chest that tries to kill you. the avarice the avarice dungeon yeah so you do that and the one part of the gameplay that is kind of a sticking point for me is once you beat that you're kind of left adrift again yes because you're going through you're like i'm on my way to the witch and then we're why is there a treasure chest here and it ate me i killed everything in it i got a new power but it doesn't tell you what to do next Right, yeah. So you have to pick up the trail. But picking up that trail, you know, with the new power you have, you remember, okay, I saw this. I probably can use this new power to do X where I couldn't before. Kind of that uh, Castlevania kind of vibe where Mm -hmm. you know you need to do something different that you don't have yet, so you'll come back to this, and eventually you do find it. Yeah. A lot of the, the gameplay is just trying to get from A to B with stopping points. So you'll mm-hmm. get to an area and then a whole bunch of doors will open. Magical doors out of nowhere. You got to kill the guys to come out of those doors in order to proceed. That happens a lot.
1: Yes. Um, Common thing in this game.
0: Yeah. But basically you're given a quest at the beginning and once you complete it, you ain't done.
1: Yes. <laughs> 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 That's exactly how this works. And I will say, you know, if I were to Critique anything in this. It's probably that that feeling of like little bit of aimlessness when you do come out of one of those avarice dungeons. And you're like, uh, okay. Again, as someone who is not super good at like picking up those little hints and things like that about where to go in a game and stuff, I spent a lot of time wandering. Even when one of the things, so in this game, playing it on the PS five and probably on pretty much everything. I don't know. I don't know if like on a switch it would do this, but you have these trophies that you can get. um, And I was like dedicated to getting all of these trophies throughout. (laughs) Um, And that was sort of something that I could do when I was a little bit like lost in this game. But one of the things that you can do is when you finish the game, you can play it through again, using only an umbrella as a weapon And I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to play through this and even playing through it a second time, having already done all of this stuff, I still would sometimes come out of those dungeons and be like, I don't know where I'm going next.
0: Absolutely. I had that same problem this morning because I know you (laughs) completed your umbrella run. And I'm like, I'm going to try an umbrella run, too," which I would not normally do. (laughs) So this morning I beat the third Avarice dungeon. Nice. It dropped me out. And I had absolutely no idea where I was supposed to go next. Like, right. oh, no, not like, again.
1: Uh, what now? Uh,
0: yeah, and then I remembered that, is- that you have to go into the mountains with the ice and all that stuff. And we can talk about the Umbrella playthrough at length if you like, but... To me, it kind of turned into, oh, I guess they just want you to use magic. Right. Because in addition to the sword that you start with on your back, you have different kind of spells that you can use through this game. And through my first playthrough, I didn't really use them unless I had to. It was all sword when it came to damage. Sword, sword, sword. Yes. And I used the spells when I needed, you know, that thing over there needs to be shot with an arrow. That thing over there needs to be set on fire. That's what I used it for. But in the Umbrella Playthrough, the umbrella does half the damage exactly. of the regular sword right off the bat. Yeah. So hitting things is, and when you hit things in the game, you get charges of your magic back. Right. So it's fireball, 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 <laughs> hit things just to get the charges back yes. and then more fireballs. Yeah, um,
1: exactly that. Yeah. It's a weird reversal of the gameplay that you've been doing the whole time. Yeah, you're absolutely. Like, oh, you've been using this this way. That's cute. Now you're going to have to <laughs> flip that and do it completely differently which I th- was challenging, but very fun. And one of the things that was funny if, to me is that, again, obviously I'd played through the game, so I was better at it than when I started. Yep. The first two, yeah, the first two avarices I beat first try out the gate, like with nice. the umbrella. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. I think I can I can do this then. Um, and then it got harder, but <laughs> I was like, oh, that is impressive. I mean, the thing about this game One of the things that I I want to talk about with you about this is like that sense of getting better at it, right? So one of the things that I think works really well for me, and this is why I also love roguelike games, Mm -hmm. um, is I love just gaining the skills and getting better at it. And I'm willing to die and die and die and die just to get better at something. And this did at times very much press that love for me and push me to the ends of my, uh, of my limits with this. But it is something that I really liked in it. And that I felt like an insane amount of accomplishment whenever I did this. So what I'm curious, what were some of your sort of favorite challenging things in this or bosses or anything like that? And then some of the, your least favorite in this.
0: Well, the favorite overall boss for me. And again, we're already in spoiler territory, so I'm going to go straight to the crow. Uh Fighting that crow was the best boss of the game. I was so impressed by it. Yeah, I loved the way that it attacked. Mm -hmm. I love the way that it used chains to throw itself around and all that kind of stuff. Um, I haven't gotten to it on the umbrella yet, so I don't know how great standing still and doing (laughs) spells at it will be. I'm not looking forward to that at all. But when I was running around with a sword attacking it, I loved it. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean I loved it and that it was really easy for me because it took me a long time to beat, (laughs) but I thought it was great. Um, It was so great in a way that made the actual last boss kind of sour on me. I think that might be my least favorite. Yeah. Oh, boy. And not (laughs) even because the battle itself. Let's just say that to start (laughs) with. There's so many things with that final battle I would have preferred weren't the way they are, but. Overall. Yeah, I think
1: for me with the, the final battle, that is definitely God, it was even worse with the umbrella, but uh, yeah. the thing about that boss for me is so throughout this game, you're you've got all of these different bosses who all do very different things, you know, and so you've got like Betty who rolls and mm-hmm. does that kind of attack. And so you're getting the Worst rhythm of Betty. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, such a pain, hate yes. It. But you get the rhythm of it eventually, yes. and you're like, okay, I know what to do with this. Um, I think the attack that I hate the most is the, um, the pink lights that come down and, like, laser you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to kind of move out of the way, which then I watched a video afterwards, and I was like, oh, fuck. There's an easy way to do this that I didn't realize you could do. But anyways, mm-hmm. you've got all these different... Uh, moves that each of these bosses have. And when you get to the final boss, the Lord of Doors, he combines all of those things. Yeah, um, all of them. And then adds a couple other things, which the thing that really got me, especially playing with the umbrella, were the bull doors. Yeah. The bull doors are an absolute nightmare. <laughs> That. i'm like doing everything else i've got the rhythm of all of this stuff and then those fucking bull doors come running and i just end up in the wrong place and yeah
0: they put me in a really right bad like yeah. all of that charming stuff that we were talking yeah. about before kind of gets put to the wayside it's just like you know we're gonna make an enemy that just rams straight for you good luck dodging yeah. it while you're trying to pay attention to a thousand other things
1: yeah there's so much going on and i think the thing with that one too is it Takes so long to, yes, to appear.
0: Beat <laughs> they, like just before you even get to that last fight, there's like a gauntlet you have to run through. Mm-hmm. And until you run through that, this might be the most spoilery spoiler of it all. Until you run through that gauntlet, you don't know that there's a fight at the end. Yeah, like there's you have a very brief fight at the start and then a checkpoint. Yeah, and then this gauntlet starts. And it doesn't seem to end, <laughs> right? you have no going. sense of how I quit out is going to so go. many times on there. I was like, <laughs> you know what, if it's because you run past all these bulldoors and you get to a little arena where you fight him, and then he runs away when you do enough damage and you do it again, chase him, chasing him, chasing him, And you have to go through like five different iterations of it. And then you do get a checkpoint. Yes, but I didn't know that. <laughs> so I was like, "Why is this game doing this to me?" But as soon as you do get that final checkpoint, it's good because you have got to the end. But I don't know about you, but I could not find a way out of there. Like once you were there,
1: oh yeah, you were
0: stuck. Yeah, yeah like I if you had it. souls that you could go and buy stuff, like more um, weapon yeah. power or something, you nope. have to wait until you're done. You are not going anywhere except for fighting this yeah. boss and. That was yeah, a- and I started I
1: that with, like, when I was playing at the Umbrella Runtime, my, um, my things weren't filled up all the way for, like, my magic. Mm-hmm. And so that was every time I died, I still only started with four out of five of my magic or whatever yeah. in there. And there was nothing you could do to, yeah. you know, restore that. I was like, ah, oh, damn it. I didn't know what to expect for, from this. So yeah, there you go. That is, I mean, that really... It's funny because they say in this, like the, the guys say, like, we didn't want it to be punishing. You know, you don't want to feel defeated by this game. And it is such a delicate balance because on the one hand, I was like, fuck, this is impossible. Like, there's so many parts of that final boss yes. that I was like, there was I was like, I'm I'm going. To, I can't. I, I quit. You know, I kept on like, being like I quit. I quit. And yet, there is something about it that still I would quit. And then, like 10 minutes later, I'd be like, Fuck, now I'm going back in. <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to try uh, it think, again.
0: And with games like this, I think that it's good to do that. It's good to step away. It's right. good to give yourself a break so you can collect yourself. Like I, banging my head against this thing when I know it's something I can do. I've done everything yes. up to this. Why would I not be able to do this final bit? Just being able to put it away, take a break, come back. And you'll find yourself doing better. Like the same thing happened with my favorite fight with the crow. Same thing mm-hmm. happened with my least favorite. Every time I knew it was possible, I knew what I needed to do. I just needed to execute. I needed to pay attention. Exactly and I needed it. to execute. And, you know, ultimately I did it. I don't know if I'm going there with the umbrella to be 100%. <laughs> I'm just about up to Betty. Right. Um, and I don't want to think about her rolling all over the place <laughs> and me having to stand still in order to fire to fire at her. But, right. you know, if I got there, it's gonna be another one of those things. You have to give yourself the time that you need to do the thing that you know you can do. Yeah.
1: I think so, that is actually the distinction. You've hit the nail on the head right there, is that. You don't come to any of these things and go, oh, I just, I can't do that. You've done it a bunch of times. You've been prepped to do this throughout the game. So it isn't a matter of like, oh, this is, this is impossible. It is absolutely a matter of like, you get the sense that I need to get my head in the game. Sometimes that means like just backing off, you know, (laughs) like go out, take a walk or something and come back to it. But you just know I can, I can do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just just like that it. frog fight, the fight against mm-hmm. King Frog or whatever. The first time, few times I played that, I had no idea how I was going to survive all of that. All the right. platforms around you fall out. I'm standing yeah. on the very edge of the <laughs> arena, wondering how the heck I'm supposed to do this. And then, you know, you figure out the mechanic. And then that specific case, you figure out the mechanic and then everything is easy.
1: Right. It changes the whole thing. <laughs> once like, that oh. thing
0: clicks, you're like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to be doing as opposed to trying and failing at the thing. So let's right. go.
1: <laughs> I know. And it's always, it's funny when you do figure out something like, like that, that is such a simple solve to that. And as soon as you do it, you have to kind of laugh at yourself. Like, oh, yes. pff, come on. Of course, that was <laughs> what you were supposed to do. Like it stood there waiting for you to do it's it. So why didn't you obvious. try that? Like yeah. you know, and you see how the game leads you towards solutions. You know, um, and that it always is just a moment of something clicking for it to finally work. Yeah. So I think that is why this game is very hard, but it really it doesn't. That's what makes it so it doesn't feel like it's a defeating situation where you're like, no, I have all the skills. I just gotta like, you know, figure out how to time everything right and pay attention to all the things happening at one time and all of that stuff.
0: So it sounds like you're ready for dark souls.
1: (laughs) Okay. Let's not get crazy here. Um, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But what about like the, so were there like not just bosses, but like, Some of the littler enemies that you loved or hated
0: throughout this game? There's two enemies I can think of right off the top of my head that I hated. One were the armored ones that just progressively get bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, (laughs) They seem, eh, they can do a 180 on you real quick, let's say that. Yeah. Which, when you're, especially when you've got nothing but an umbrella and you're trying to get more magic charges by hitting them, you you gotta know when to get out.
1: It's um, other- so your timing is so important yep. on those armored enemies because we they do. do they don't have, have much. They do the same thing over and over again, except that sometimes, based on how close you are to them, they might change it up a little bit. You know, like so now they're actually going to swing around where normally they would have paused for a second or something like that. But you're so close, they're going to keep, uh, they're going to use this move again or something like that. But you have to get the timing just right. With yeah. those guys, which can be like, difficult.
0: You can roll out of the way, but that roll doesn't always get you exactly especially when right. you roll into where they're going to 180 with their mm-hmm. second hit. Uh, oh, okay. So I'm hit. I might as well try and get some ex- additional slashes yes. in there in that brief invincibility period they give mm-hmm. you after your hit and then roll out. So exactly. the other ones that were driving me nuts were the archers that shoot yes. it, three arrows. God, in a the row. archers,
1: yes. <laughs> Absolute worst. <laughs> it really. I'm so glad to hear you say that. <laughs> Those things. Oh my god. I think if you like listened back to my recordings on my PS5, it's me constantly just being like these fuckers. These I hate these fucking. Like, I, well, just hate so
0: I think much. they're one of the few enemies, and I might be wrong about this, but that you can't like stun out of their attack. Right. Yeah. They just like if they're going going to shoot that arrow, they're going to shoot that arrow. For the wizards, if you hit them, they're not going to fire their little bolt of magic or whatever. But if you hit the archers, they're still going to fire at you point blank, and they're going to hit you probably twice.
1: Yes. Exactly. There's they go so fast that you Mm -hmm. don't get a chance to like you know the heal or whatever. It's just like oh yep no you're going to get hit again, and those. I died so many times at the hands of those. Like you expect it to be some of these like big bulky bosses and things like that, but it's really just these. I had, I had hated the archers throughout, even the ones that don't do it as quickly as, like, mm. ah. and sometimes you find spots where it's like, Oh, I can kind of like fire at them before I know that before they know I'm there. Right. <laughs> you know, you find those ways around these kinds of things. But when the like bigger ones that fired faster came along, it was like, Oh no, no, this is, this is not fair. (laughs) You know, you try to figure out, it took me a while to even figure out like how they move, you know, and like, okay, so they're going to get to this point and they have to, I have to stop in their vision range and then they will shoot off these three. And, you know, so it was like working out what their pattern was. Yeah.
0: Kite them somewhere so they can shoot you, but yeah right like you want to get behind something and pop out in order to hit them back yeah in they between there yeah. yeah
1: and they approach towards you you know they so they're coming at you and you're trying to hide behind something and then they're going to fire when oh my god it's so much yes. those guys were so difficult um and in sort of you know that comes up in um what is that area called um like Good.
0: the the sunken fort, sunken
1: yeah, like sunken fortress or something like something that.
0: Something like that, yeah,
1: yeah. And flooded uh, fortress, flooded fortress. That's what it's called. That also has the kind of Mario esque fireball shooting um, plants Plant. in it. Yep. And those paired with other things would take me a long time to to get through. So, yeah. like, they have those like jumping bowl guys that come around who are actually very easy to beat on their own. But when paired with being mm-hmm. fired on by these plants, it was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, how am I supposed to? And it took me a long time to realize that basically anything that shoots something at you, you can hit it and fire it back where it came from.
0: Yeah. And
1: it, like, oh, that's how you have to to deal with that.
0: Yeah. I found that deflection stuff kind of iffy. If you didn't hit the right, like you right. could swing your sword right through it and it would yes. still hit you if you were a little too late.
1: Yeah, it's kind of so like it if, if it's just too choked up on what you were.
0: On, yeah, it's like, always more of a swing early kind of thing. Yes. And if you hit it on your second swing, then great. Just don't let it get too close. But that right. that took me a little while to get the hang of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And those were, yeah, those ones had me, you know, that cursing for a while there.
0: Yeah, until I I really hated them until I was running the umbrella. Uh And I kind of wanted them, I guess. Right,
1: yeah. Then you're like, that's helpful to me. me. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I don't have anything else to to use right now, so I can bat those things back and everything is great. Um, Yeah, it's funny how things that were your enemy can suddenly, it changes when you have to rely on something (laughs) else for the game.
0: That is definitely a skill thing. Like, Mm -hmm. those shots at you can still damage you, but as long as you can time it right. As long as you're paying attention, you can okay. turn it around and use it for you.
1: Yeah. And one of the most challenging skill things for me, um, notoriously, also, I can't aim. I'm terrible at aiming at things. So the the chains, the, um, what do they call that ability? The hookshot? Uh, hookshot. The hookshot ability often was my downfall in parts of this game where it was like i have to bring the hook shot out real fast and i'm just aimed the entirely wrong direction <laughs> well that's part of
0: the boss gauntlet as well yes, because yeah. you have to jump across chasms to avoid the doors and if you can't hook shot the thing in the right spot guess what you're getting hit yeah so yeah that was another <laughs> point of frustration at that part
1: yeah where it was like i'm doing everything right i'm doing everything right and then i just keep Getting hit by doors because I can't—I <laughs> hook shot it out into space exactly. instead of anywhere near the thing that I was trying to grab, and I would have that problem, you know, with the fireballs. Like, you know, you, constantly looking back at my playbacks of things was just me shooting fireballs at nothing, trying to hit a boss, and it's just like, nope, it's going the entire different direction.
0: Yeah, to be honest, the controls to shoot a fireball—you literally have to use three different buttons. Yes, yeah. right. You have to hold one, one button you have to fire have to. with a, charge with another and then you have to aim with Amen. your stick yeah. mm-hmm. so there's a lot of mechanics going on there as well that is yeah. easy to mess up and i've done it where i running away from an enemy so i can try and shoot them mm-hmm. but because i did i held the b button before i held the trigger or something it didn't charge up the shot in time so i'm just standing there doing nothing <laughs> and I, no now i got to roll away and try again <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot, me a lot of mechanic stuff there
1: Yeah, very much so, which is part of like, you know, I just got this PS5 and I'm getting used to having a controller that can do that many things. Um, (laughs) And so playing a lot of games, you know, this was this is part of my journey with the PS5 because, you know, I'm coming from Switch. These are worlds different from one another. And most of the games I'm finding are very intimidating. You know, I go into the game and I'm like, I i can't i don't know how to use these controls i don't know where to go Mm -hmm. this is really difficult and this is like that bridge where it's like this is i have to use all of these different controls at the same time and trying to get used to that as a thing and i'm like this is
0: really hard yeah Yeah, especially when the other attack is just x right (laughs) oh yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> you're either just like swinging shit or you're doing a ton at once. You know, in yeah.
0: between. <laughs> and even days. if you do get the mechanics, all right, you can still miss.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, you know, I did the whole thing and they moved. So <laughs> I'm curious with the, well, you haven't done it with the umbrella. So, cause with the gray crow, you're basically hitting the gray crow when you're playing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah and when you have to do it with the umbrella like that's it's just not going to work. <laughs> mm. And so I if you do play that far I'll be very curious as to how you manage that one because I started that using the hook shot ability and trying to hook up get close and hit it right. several times and stuff like that and then after a while going to the fire instead and just being like all right I'm just going to shoot this thing from far away and do it that way and then charge up by hitting the little baby crow things that come
0: off it so i have a question for you then mm. when you were playing the um well actually for both playthroughs the way that you level up your character you can pick between strength dexterity haste right. and magic yeah where did you go for those things both the first <laughs> time and the second because i went hard strength the first time did and you? it didn't really feel like much of a change like i there were guys that took me three hits and then I'd go get a strength update and it would still take me three hits. Right. You know? Yeah.
1: yeah I'm kind I of curious like, as to where you went. Yeah. The, I My inclination is always speed just because I think I feel like it compensates for my weaknesses as a player to add a little extra speed to it. And I do think that the upgrades are so incremental that you don't notice them at mm-hmm. first, but I did notice them when I started over. So, you know, I didn't feel like I'd been like bit by bit gaining much when I was making those upgrades to strength, speed and all that stuff. But Mm -hmm. then when I started without any of them and was trying to move, I was like, oh shit, this thing is like really slow and like (laughs) really weak. So then I actually noticed, I was like, oh, I guess things did, it did improve a lot. It's just, you don't really notice it at the time. So I think both times I went with speed first
0: okay yeah because i like i said i went with strength and you you have five total levels you can go up and they get increasingly more expensive yeah and i was already at like three or four strength i'm like i might as well just finish it out i don't feel stronger but right. i i'm sure i'm absolutely positive <laughs> that when it comes to the bosses it's doing something that's getting me out of there faster like i just had to have faith
1: right and that, that
0: was the case um for so the umbrella run. All magic straight up.
1: I yeah, put one why bother hand. with the strength?
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, dexterity can make you cast faster. Mm-hmm. Started putting things in there. I got up to three, but it didn't feel again. It didn't feel like it was doing it faster because you still have to aim. You still have to hold down all yeah. the buttons. You still have to fire the thing. Like maybe I was getting off like second and third shots faster. Right, yeah. Right. Like for those guys who kind of trap you one, one spot with that crosshair underneath you and you have to hit the button oh, really yeah, fast yeah. for it to go away. When you're stuck like that, they still let you shoot. Right. So I was shooting off two or three shots in the times it probably could have only shot off one or two. So Yeah. It's kind of more of a faith thing like I'm putting stats in here. <laughs> they will ultimately help me. I just yes. have to trust.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not, not, not a power see fantasy. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is it is interesting how that that works in this it isn't like a marked difference as you're playing it um yeah and i don't i'm sure that they had reasons for that you know there's certainly no point in this game no matter what you do that you're ever going to be overpowered
0: (laughs) like
1: you it is always mostly on your skill
0: as a player which i appreciate even speaking of other games of this ilk where you level up and you can get, like, if you can grind in this game just like you can grind anything else. Like, if you really, really wanted to, you could kill a whole bunch of things, get souls and cash. It would be boring. Yeah, And I think this kind of dissuades you from thinking that way. Mm -hmm. Like, if I was going to play Dark Souls and there was a boss I couldn't beat, I'd probably want to grind for a while. Yeah, That's just the way I am because I know as my strength gets up, I can see the numbers on the screen. This doesn't have... Health meters no, anywhere? Not at like, all. Like as you hit bosses, they turn they pink cracks yeah, form like on pink them.
1: Pink and black cracks.
0: Okay. Yeah, but you don't know how close you are. So, mm-hmm. so for a game like that, where the power ups don't feel huge, health bars are nowhere to be seen. Grinding doesn't seem like a a good idea. You right. just want to keep going.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which I but, appreciate. Yeah, right. It doesn't. I'm not a big fan of grinding in games. That's one of my least favorite things. And we had just, we played Hollow Knight last month or the month before. And that was an issue for me that I was like, I feel like I have to grind so much in this game to be able to do anything, you know, to get the things that I need in this in order to accomplish anything. And that gets so tedious for me. And so the idea that is kind of like with this, I got the sense that yeah, you can upgrade, but it's not that you can beat this and never upgrade anything too. <laughs> like it's just a matter of like, do you want a little boost? All right, you can go, you can go do this. But and actually one of the things just came to mind too that I like about this game compared to Hollow Knight, um, which have you played Hollow Knight?
0: I played the first three or four hours, maybe. Sure,
1: yep. <laughs> that sounds about right for most people. I played yeah. three or four hours. And then I did it. Um, Hollow Knight, one of the most frustrating elements of that game is that there aren't enough checkpoints. So if you die, all of a sudden you still you have to battle through like 10 to 15 minutes, like or not even battle, but just walk through 10 minutes of map to get back to the place where you were just fighting this boss. And the bosses are so hard that you're dying constantly and then having to walk 10 minutes to get back and die again 30
0: seconds later. The one thing I remember about that game is waiting for like the worm or whatever it was that brought mm-hmm. you from place to place.
1: Oh, the uh, like,
0: it's like some kind of chariot it's like you ring a a camel bell.
1: thing, or like, yeah, you ring a
0: bell and it comes I just up, remember you know? waiting for that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember, just right. waiting for that thing to take me to another place so I could maybe figure out where I was going next. That's exactly. Not a great it's, memory.
1: It's so frustrating. And one of the things that the, the acid nerve guys said about this is that they really didn't want that to happen. And so there's checkpoints constantly. When you go into any form of boss, you get that door right before mm-hmm. you go in. So, you know, you are right there. You can go out if you do want to upgrade something or like, you're just sick of it and you want to go wander around whenever you've got a door, but you yeah, know, and when you, you never die, have to do that.
0: you lose nothing,
1: nothing. Yeah. Nothing. You don't have to deal with like that was in Hollow Knight. It's like you constantly you're trying to get to like a bank or whatever to put your stuff in there in case you die. Yeah, and because you lose, you lose it all. And that (laughs) ultimately,
0: that ultimately bit me in the butt because in this game you find seeds that you're supposed to plant in seed pots in order to heal. But (laughs) I didn't find them necessary. Right. So I'll like, if I die, I'm just going to start right the over door. there. Yeah. I'll just walk over from there. No problem. But then yeah. after you finish the game, the doors light up pink and tell you, oh, this is where you need to go and plant all those stupid seeds if you want 100% this game. And of course, yep. because Corey did it, I absolutely <laughs> have to do it. Why else would I be here? Let's go plant all of these stupid seed pods now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that because in this game, you have an ending and mm-hmm. then you have the true ending yes. of the game. And so when you have finally beat the Lord of doors, who you have found out is this being who made a deal with death and basically sort of pulled a fast one and made it so that uh, they do not die and all of the world is falling apart as a result of this. You're now conquered this, you've restored order. Uh, to everything and um, you now get what is it that you get as it's like a is it a key
0: it's a stone key i think
1: yeah a stone key yeah. that you get and you can take that back to the cemetery and use that to open up this tower where you can then turn day to night and you get a whole new set of challenges in this game involving collecting all of these different tablets that through a whole bunch of different little quests. And this is actually where the game ends up directly relating to the game before the, um, soul, the Titan Titan soul. Yeah. Um, because it's actually like it, it's connected to a character that is in that game. Oh. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, you end up kind of journeying through all of this other stuff, but yes, you, if you want to get a hundred percent, this also requires you on top of all of this stuff to get to this true ending in the game, you have to get all of these seeds and seed pots that, yeah, you tend to use them more strategically when you're not aiming for hundred percent in this game, you use them for a purpose. And a lot of times they're in places where you're like, I'm not going to die there. Mm -hmm. And you just leave it. (laughs) So
0: in my umbrella run, I still have like a dozen.
1: Yeah. Like just not, why not? Yeah. <laughs> it's you they're not super necessary and so when you realize like oh shit to get 100% I need to do all these it's really hard to figure out even like I came to the point where I watched a playthrough solely of like someone getting the life seeds to try to retrace my steps and figure out where I had missed them and I would yeah. like I literally just like followed along on my game with my you know phone up watching them and i was like hey you know just gonna do exactly what they do and i will eventually find all of these life seeds and see yeah and i
0: feel that that's uh, an issue and just the way the game was designed i guess if there was going to be one place like mm-hmm. first of all you don't know how many of these things there are so at right. the beginning you think they're rare right Yep. And then you, fig- as you pick them up, and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute! Why do I have 18? Yeah, like, these are not rare. <laughs> um, but ultimately, it doesn't matter because the people who yeah. are going for 100 percent are the only people who are going to care.
1: Right. It doesn't. Right? And if you're not going for 100, doesn't
0: matter whatsoever. So it's hard f- to get upset about it. Um, right. I'd like to hear what you thought about the Dark World.
1: I thought it was. I mean, I. Got stuck wandering a lot in it and yeah. um, it was difficult in that I didn't know what I was like aiming for, but not until you get like the first tablet do you realize what you're doing and it really yeah. I mean the thing with this game is that initially the onboarding on it is like very simple right like you walk into the first door that you come in, and it teaches you how to fire. Gives you a few little things to be like, see, if you see something like this, maybe if you shoot at it, it'll do something for you from the after you get past that. Nothing else is explained to you in this game. Mm -hmm. And so I remember coming out into that dark world and seeing the ghosts and being like, okay, the ghosts follow me. Do I want them to follow me? (laughs) Like, what am I? What do I do with this? And it's until one just sort of like is following me and all of a sudden gets like sucked into a wall. I'm like, oh,
0: right. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. I need to find those. Um, So, yeah, I felt like with the the dark world, I liked that there were like new things in it because I really like just fighting stuff. And I think the like fighting mechanics are really good. And I like the satisfying feeling of hitting things in it. So I like there were new things to fight and stuff. But I was very lost for a lot of it.
0: Yeah. They don't give you a great way to track tablets at all. Mm hmm um progress on tablets you if you find the door that is open by the tablet you can see the progress there right i just wanted to finish the dark world out primarily because it took away the music
1: yeah that's true it's and gone the music is so good it's
0: so good and it's gone they didn't replace it with anything like in some areas you can listen it makes it maybe a little easier to listen for the owl right. that you have to track down and find but ultimately i'm walking around with less enemies mm-hmm. no music not a hundred percent sure what i need to do kind of don't want to be because while you're walking around the dark world you're also not killing things you're also not getting any more souls that you can use to level up your guy because you know there's going to be something at the end right right there has to be something more to fight at the end (laughs) ultimately no
1: yeah it feels like the dark world in it i mean and it is because it's the true ending but it's like a it's just sort of like bonus content and the point of it isn't to like play like the rest of the game was. And that is weird to, it's a weird shift, you know, now they're just kind of like, all right, this is just a way to move this story to the point that we want to get it to. Um, And so, yeah, it's, it's much more sparse and feels like it was probably not thrown in or anything like that, but probably not the same amount of time dedicated to it and creating it (laughs) as the rest of the game was. Um, because it's just sort of like, here's a little story we we'll want to tell you. And it connects back to our other game and all that. I think that like, I will probably play this game multiple times again. I don't think that I will play after beating the Lord of doors multiple right. times again. I think yeah. that that was a one time. Cool. I got my hundred percent and it's interesting to see where this story went, mm-hmm. but that doesn't feel like the gameplay that I need to continue doing.
0: No, no. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very cool side thing that they did. Yeah. I appreciate it. But yeah, at the same time, I'm not doing it again.
1: Yeah. And, you know, it, it's one of the things that we haven't even touched on about this game. You know, we talked a bit about the it being charming in the way that it looks and all that stuff. But it's also charming just sort of all the way through in that, like, these characters that you meet are really delightful. Um, you know, it's very funny in, like, a very sort of dry quippy way apparently this i i had made a video of myself because it made me startle laugh on this um there's a point at which you can like i realized i chopped a sign i was just like for whatever reason it came and i chopped the sign in half and then when i hit the thing to read the sign you only get half of the text (laughs) because you have broken the sign in half and i was like that is so goddamn clever and it's like a thing that like you would only notice if for some reason you got to that point where like, I'm going to hit that sign. <laughs> That's no
0: hilarious. No, that. I, I never saw that. That's yeah. funny.
1: Apparently, I was watching a video earlier and that had actually like gone viral. They were saying that, like, not me doing it, <laughs> but someone else <laughs> had done this on this game. And they were like, when the game came out, that got more views than our trailer. <laughs> so it was like this person had just been like, oh, I know I'm going to like this game and put, posted a video of that moment in it. Um, and I was like, "Yeah, that was like just in the video at clip I have of me. It's like I hit the thing. I read it, and you and I just went. <laughs> and it's like I love that this game makes me laugh out loud sometimes. The names of characters like Pothead in it, who oh, yeah. has a literal pot for a head, or Steadhone, who has a headstone for a head. <laughs> um, when you meet the Frog King, and it gives you like all the list of his." Titles,
0: yeah. I tried to screen grab that while I was playing the second time and I missed it.
1: Oh no, I did a screen full of
0: names, yeah, yeah.
1: And it's just these like very it, the frog is so funny because every time he sees you, he says something of you know, tries to be like very jovial, but then is also like, yeah, I probably would have tried to drown you anyway, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. The humor throughout this is just wonderful and delightful, absolutely and leads into the sort of the before we get to our drink and song and all that kind of stuff, the thing I wanted to close out with talking about this game is talking about the death in death store, because that is central to this game. And I, Oh my God, if if you're a men of low moral fiber listener, you know, I love a game about death. I'm so into those. I love reaping a soul. All of that stuff really like (laughs) appeals to me and dealing with that. Spirit Fair is, you know, near the top of my list of favorite games ever. And I love the way that this game handles death. A point before you battle the Grey Crow where you're actually like talking to death and death says death is sort of like explaining the process of dying and like what their role in it is and says something about like, you know, I wish people didn't find death scary, you know, and like, and says, like, I mean, the dead don't find it scary. They don't care. But, you know, the people left behind find it sad. And I really think that what flows through this game is this sense of casualness about death, but also understanding the gravity of it for those who are left behind. And every time that you, you kill a character... There's like a little mini funeral for them, yes. you know. You have a moment of memorializing these characters that I felt very moved by. You know, they've been silly, they've been fun, and all this stuff. But now, just for a second, let's like pause and go, that was a person, you know, that was a, a person who was loved by other people. And, you know, another thing that the the creators had said is that they didn't want anyone to be just an evil bad guy. They all had their their motivations for why they did things, and you understand them. So there's a gravity to that that I yeah. think works really well. In that the game doesn't feel heavy the whole time, you know. Yeah,
0: even though you kill another one character's grandmother, right? As you play, yeah, yeah. he takes a, when the deed is done. He takes the time, and they lay there and have a little conversation over it and before you move on yeah and the whole point of the game is these lord of doors have been trying to avoid Mm -hmm. that they they don't want to die yeah which is causing all sorts of problems yeah the
1: world is falling apart because they can't grapple with their own mortality and i thought you know a really another sort of poignant thing that like the creators were saying about it is that this is sort of a bleak landscape when it comes down to it, you know, when you realize what's happening here, like because these Lords of doors refuse to die uh, and other characters are also battling death in their own way. The existence that these characters live in is very bleak and everyone's turning into like monsters essentially because of what is happening here with these souls not being reaped and recycled. And they said, you know, the characters don't talk to you as if they're obviously in despair and that makes them more human. The situation in the world is bleak, but every line of dialogue doesn't reflect that. The casual tone of the way characters speak makes poignant moments more poignant in contrast. Misery and humor go so hand in hand together. And I think that is absolutely true of this. That's how people are in real life. We don't speak in misery all the time we can be very miserable and still be very funny and still have these like silver linings and things that we look forward to and love and you know all of that I think that's such a cool way of handling that in this game yeah and so yeah so I think I'm a big fan of and Spirit Fair did this too which is one of the reasons I like that game so much is you know having been an evangelical Christian and knowing that a good chunk of the reason why I, you know, went that route was because of like fear of the unknown, of things like death, of things like the size of the galaxy, things like that. Seeing games like Spirit Fair and like Death's Door that go like, this is not a scary thing. This is just part of what life is. And, you know, it's part of what makes the living part worthwhile. You know, this is kind of like there's a meaninglessness to it, but finding Something great about that meaninglessness, you know, that it's not about what happens beyond this. Then you're done, you're out, (laughs) everything's over. But that's great, you know. I love that message in this and in other games like it. And I think video games like this can really be helpful for people in understanding that and taking a new perspective on death. I appreciate them for that. game's pretty fun You with frustration when i was all done i just had two questions what's the beer what's the song i can't always tell i just want to know what game is westy 12 uh why don't why don't you start us off give us a drink what what is this bring to mind for you drink Wise. Oh,
0: the drink's a little bit on the nose. I'm not much of a cocktail person to begin with, but when it came down to it and I started thinking about it, the drink for this is a Mai Tai Ooh. or any of those kind of tropical drinks because cocktail umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, you, you finish I with the that. drink and then you can go fight all the battles. Hand hand. I
1: love that. I absolutely love that. Uh, now, every time I have like a Mai Tai, I'm going to think... What can I do with this little weapon <laughs> that I'm <laughs> I'm left with here? <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, uh, for my drink, as listeners know, I have ADHD. And a common ADHD trait is A, drinking a bunch of drinks at once. And B, letting them collect all over the house. Because once you finish them, they become invisible. And also because of the way your executive dysfunction is set up, you keep telling yourself you'll tidy up, but then you never do it. So mm-hmm. this game is all those drinks gathered on my bedside table <laughs> because <laughs> I was so invested in this game. Absolutely nothing else existed in my world. It was all I wanted to do. I hyper to the max as my bedside filled with diet Coke cans and my waters and teacups and all that kind of stuff. So it's a mishmash of all the things that were on my bedside table.
0: Excellent. <laughs> How about your song? The song again a bit on the nose but it, it did better. come every time i died in this game the chorus to stone the crow by down played in my head the first line of which is i never died before i never died before yeah, so every time Ooh. i die I could hear <laughs> Phil Anselmo's voice in my head singing that that line. Oh, that's amazing. And there was a lot of times. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just I like when perfect,
0: that happens. The crow plus dying plus this game plus whatever is in my brain that won't let go of the 90s. <laughs> there you go.
1: <laughs> it's always so funny when that happens when it's like There's a thing in a game like I keep dying And every time you die it triggers something in your head So you're just constantly like singing a line From something over and over again
0: Right. <laughs> yep.
1: Okay That's... this is my life now <laughs> <laughs> Well my song from this um, The music in this game Like we said is absolutely incredible And I've actually started like putting Because it's all on YouTube I will put it on in the background while I work Because um, it's just like It's really gorgeous stuff And it doesn't require all of my attention, but there is a song in the flooded fortress that actually sounds a lot like another song. And every time it would, I would be in the flooded fortress, I would then thus get this stuck in my head. So the song that I picked is called Omar Sharif, and it is from the musical, The Band's Visit. And... You know, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you're hearing it played because Ben is a wizard. But if you've seen the band's visit or watched the Tony's performance where Katrina Lenk and Tony Shalhoub performed this, it is just an absolutely like tingle inducing, mesmerizingly beautiful song that every single time I listen to it, I just feel like lost in it. And every time I got to this point in the Flooded Fortress and this started it transported me to this absolutely gorgeous song from the band's visit so check it out if you've never listened to it before Omar Sharif um, as sung by Katrina Lank in the band's visit Broadway musical very gorgeous stuff you know it Friday evening Omar Sharif in black and My mother and I would sit there in a trance. He was cool to the mayor of the
0: pharaoh of romance.
1: So as we close out, one more thing. Yes? It's our recommendation station. But I was going to pick a recommendation station to get good ideas on what to watch or listen to. What are you you playing? What are you reading, watching, listening to? What do you want to tell people they should definitely be paying attention to?
0: Um, Geez. Anything I tell you to pay attention to, you can probably just ignore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Nonsense. Ask Corrigan about my
0: letterbox ratings. That's a really good point. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're asking for trouble. Um, (laughs) When I'm done... I, again, I don't think I'm going to pick up on the umbrella run, at least immediately. I need to sure. some space to, <laughs> for that to breathe. But in the meantime, I have started Elden Ring, oh. which is going to take me for. My son's already beat it, so when oh, wow. I'm playing it, he's kind of like gently guiding me into the right place. He's like, "No, don't go up there. That's too hard for you right now." <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. This is exactly what I need. Like, don't tell me specifics. Just, right. give me a general just like, kind you're not of ready. Because that game is huge and ridiculous <laughs> and will take me probably the rest of the year. Straight off of playing this game, I did start playing Tunic. Um, oh, yeah. How was
1: because that? Because I
0: saw the graphic of a fox holding a sword, which is way different than a crow holding a sword. So let's yeah, try obviously. that game next. Uh, it's, it's a good game. Um, okay. You start that game with no weapon and you pick up a stick so at first you're using a stick to fight things then you find a sword and the sword is way more powerful than the stick. So when we were talking before about the way Death's Door with the upgrades don't feel as they matter in mm-hmm. Tunic they definitely do Okay, because um, you start upgrading your attack different from your defense and that kind of stuff and you feel those changes nice. it's very puzzly very linear um, I haven't gotten too far into it so you know I'll probably okay. be picking that up again but those, that sounds really
1: interesting though. I feel yeah. like I, I should give that a try. Um, it's fun. Yeah. And that sounds like my speed. So I feel good about that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I have the game where I feel real serious. I have the game where I, yeah. do, I need to take it easy. It's this nice, you know, weekend afternoon. I'll go to tunic.
1: Yes. It's all your cups on the side table. Yeah. what It is. You got to have a little bit of everything.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: Yeah. For me, um, Obviously, first of all, this entire episode has been a recommendation. Play this game, uh, but also the only other thing. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to play a few other things. I still have not gotten playing these insane PS5 games down yet. But the one of the free games for uh, April was a SpongeBob SquarePants game. Oh boy! Uh, called Bikini Bottom Rehydrated, and I think it was like it's just like a redone version of like a really popular Spongebob game from like 20 years ago. And so they've like updated it for what consoles are like now and everything. And it's just a delight to play. It's kind of what you were saying about having like one game. That's like your serious game and one game that's your, you know, just like lighthearted, whatever. This is absolutely that where I'm like, I'm frustrated trying to play Kena and can't figure out what's going on. Spongebob is challenging for a child. Right. So it is just difficult enough that it takes for granted that a kid is going to be a gamer and, you know, know how to do basic things, but also doesn't have great like muscle function or whatever. You know, <laughs> So it is not difficult for an adult to play it, but it has this like just really satisfying gameplay where you get to smash things, bounce on things, slide down things, collect things um, like really mindless stuff, all with the humor of Spongebob. So it's got a cute little story. It's got good voice acting. It's very like, you know, dumb and funny and uh, very rewarding and satisfying. And you don't die a whole ton. (laughs) If you do die, you just got to come back where you were uh, because there's a ton of checkpoints. So you know what? If you're like, gosh, my brain is fried right now and you need something to play, battle for Bikini Bottom rehydrated is a good time. (laughs) Anything else you'd like to add, dear John?
0: No, that is it. Thank you Thank- so much for having me.
1: Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for doing this. Again, I know that this is not your favorite kind of activity. In fact, twice when I asked you about this, you responded simply, ah!
0: It's <laughs> just you been going through my head, but <laughs> <laughs> you made it so much easier, and I appreciate that.
1: I'm so glad. And uh, I will talk to you again later tonight at the Dead and Lovely and chat. Uh, yep. For those of you listening, hey, you can always find us at men of low moral I don't know if that's the website. This is the part Ben does. It doesn't matter if you're here. You already know who we are. So talk to us or whatever and play this game. Love you all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>